Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Almwake. Good morning, Maui. It's James Jacobson sitting in. Mary is, well, I won't say she's off-island. She's on a part of the island conducting meetings with uh, her colleagues from the Association of Global New Thought. They have an annual confab to launch the Season for Peace and Nonviolence. Normally, it's held at the United Nations in New York, but that room is being remodeled this week. So um, they decided to come to Maui instead. So we welcome the people from Agent. Uh, We were supposed to actually have a... um, uh, one other person from the Association for Global New Thought joining us this week. His name is Michael Beckwith. Of course, he's been on the show many times. He's a good friend. Um, but he's not here because he's in Chicago. Tomorrow he is taping uh, a program with Oprah Winfrey along with other folks that you've heard on Conversations with Friends, including Rhonda Byrne, my friend, who's the executive producer and the creator of The Secret, and uh, they're taping an episode for Oprah that will broadcast sometime. We don't know exactly when. They're a little uh, tight to the vest, but uh, stay tuned and, and, and record it and TiVo it, and it'll be on in the next week or so, I imagine, and uh, it's going to be a powerful program all about The Secret. In fact, later in today's program on Conversations with Friends, we're going to be speaking with one of the people who is also in The Secret. His name is John Gray. He's the best-selling author of the book that is now famous, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And uh, he's going to be joining us in the second half hour and talking about love and how to attract the love into your life and maintain good relationships. And that's also what our first guest is all about. Uh, Her name is Eve Hogan. She lives here on Maui. She is another author on this wonderful island, and she's written a number of books. She is uh, a columnist for the the Maui Weekly and uh, writes about love and romance. And her most recent book is How to Love Your Marriage. So as we're two weeks away from Valentine's Day, I thought this was a very fitting program. We have some workshops coming up at Unity in the next couple of weeks before Valentine's Day about uh, relationships and bringing you closer together, and we'll talk about that later on. But welcome, Eve. Thank you so much. I'm it's, excited to be here. It's great to have you. It's kind of wonderful how serendipitously this came together. Um, I called you yesterday in a totally different matter, and uh, we just started talking and realized, hey, hey. you'd be great <laughs> to be on the show today. So yeah. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And it, it is exciting about the Oprah thing because um, Jack Canfield, who is my partner on the, well, you know, the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, mm-hmm. and I've done a couple of his books. And Lisa Nichols is there also, and she is the the person I co-created Chicken Soup for the African-American soul and African-American woman soul. So they're both going to be on the show with Michael and Rhonda. So that's really exciting. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. Uh, we were very lucky. Uh, I saw the, the show, the, the movie, when it was on the Internet early, early mm-hmm. in its, in its uh, infancy, and I was so struck by it. And I called down to Australia, and I said, I want to talk to someone. I want them to be on our show. And they're like, well... We don't really have that. I don't know. I said, can I talk to Rhonda Byrne? And they said, well, I don't know. She's in L.A. and her her cell phone. Let me see. And so we connected. And I believe this was one of the first media interviews she ever did related to this project. And, of course, now it is just, you know, everywhere. Everyone is talking about it. It's really amazing. It's it's just it's taken the world by storm. And I actually talked to Lisa about it. And I said, hey, how come I had to find out you were in this by somebody else? Because, you know, she's my, you know, we're we're business partners on a whole bunch of projects. You've you co-authored books. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said, how come I had to find out you were in The Secret like six months after <laughs> I heard about The Secret, you know, from somebody else? And she said, well, you know, when we filmed that, we had no idea it was going to be like this. I mean, right. we, they just asked us to film this thing on the law of attraction, so we all did it. Mm-hmm. And nobody had any... Um, you know, nobody knew ahead of time how mm-hmm. big it was going to become. So it's just amazing. What do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of the secret? I think it's very cool. You know, for me, of course, like for people who have been doing this work for a long time, it's not a new thing, and mm-hmm. it hasn't really been that much of a secret. Right. <laughs> but but I love yeah. yeah. It's well I love that it's getting out to the mainstream yeah. and helping people to to look again and say, wow, you know, my thoughts are powerful, my words are powerful, and really helping them to look at it. Um, you know, if I were going to play, let's look at what I think they left out. Mm-hmm. I think there were a couple pieces that people need to recognize in that when you ask for something, because I think it sort of emphasized financial things like, oh, I want that necklace. I want that bicycle. I want that house. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, and, and that you can definitely attract to you. But it's also possible to ask for things that are not in alignment with you, who you really are and your highest good. And I think when you do that, you either get a no answer. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people get a no, they think, oh, this doesn't work. But the truth is it does work. It's just that sometimes you're not supposed to have what you ask for because it's not in your highest good. Mm-hmm. And the other side of that is sometimes you get what you ask for, but you didn't ask very carefully. You know, right. And you're asking for the wrong thing. So when you get it, you may get exactly what you asked for, but you may end up getting the consequences of what you asked for as well, which I don't, in my recollection, think they talked about too much. So, yeah, you know, I don't think they did. Uh, as they, I've heard the expression, you know, God answers every prayer. Right. Sometimes the answer is no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I, I know somebody who asked for a husband and got somebody else's, for instance, and there that wasn't go. exactly what she wanted. And, you know, I know a lot of people going, wow, I real, I'm realizing that this really does work and I need to be really clear about what I'm asking for. And for me, I've noticed that the more... Um, how do I, the more in alignment with who I really am, my authentic self, Mm. the more quickly things manifest in my life, like to the point where I just can't, you know, it's like mind boggling, you know, it's like, wow, I just thought of this 15 minutes ago and it's already in my life. Right. You know, I like ha- the way you count on the show. That's Yesterday, right. Just we like were just the way chatting. I got the It was show. very funny. And yeah. I'll tell the whole story. We were talking about my book, How to Meditate with Your Dog. And someone here at the radio station said I should call Eve because you have a wonderful meditation retreat. Right. So talk, tell us about that. I have this beautiful property called the Sacred Garden up in Makawao. And for those of you who are familiar with the island, it's the old Maliko Farms property on Kalua Nui Road, right in that hairpin turn, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we, we bought the property and have turned it into a really, really beautiful and sacred space. And I like to look at it as has restored the sacred nature of that particular valley because it is stunningly beautiful. And in in addition to the 10,000-square-foot nursery where people can come to buy plants, we've also put in a beautiful, huge, like five-foot-tall, 600-pound Buddha that is just the sweetest Buddha I've ever seen, and a labyrinth where people can come and do a walking meditation. And there's workshop space there. So it's really a neat spot where people uh, – it's really hard to define because, they're like, well, is it a store? <laughs> is it a nursery? Or is it it's a workshop? Maui. It's very yeah. Maui. It's just it's a tourist destination and a local people's destination. But the intention is that more than anything, they come and they open their hearts and they get touched in this, you know, get touched with from the divine center. It sounds know? cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But you said on this property, the reason we started talking mm-hmm. was on this property, you have some visitors. I do. <laughs> I have numerous dogs. And so when you uh, had your book, How to Meditate with Your Dog, I was thought, oh, I should definitely be selling that here because you walk the labyrinth and three dogs will come running out and you know it's just it's just priceless these dogs just love that energy and they want to be there so they'll often be sitting in the center of the labyrinth while the people are walking around them and so i thought well it would be really perfect to have your book there that's <laughs> cool so we started chatting and then the, and then i said hey you know can you be on our show tomorrow and she said sure so she came down and and eve we're so glad to have you and then and then you said shortly after you and i spoke and again talking about the law of attraction right. and all this comes right in, someone called you up and all because you do you coach uh, right. writers right right, yeah. right she called me up and said she was doing a book that is kind of a comedy on um, spiritual wisdom she's channeled from her dog. And, and I, I said, that. you know, within, t- I mean, literally within the hour after I spoke with you, I'm like, well, now there's a theme going on here. I think I better connect the dots. So, so. that's how the law of attraction works. Yeah. How do you apply it to things like marriage? Because this book is fascinating. How to Love Your Marriage just came out in April. It came out in May, actually. In May, yeah. May uh-huh. of, of, of last, 2006. Last year. Yeah. And, um, you know, why, why didn't you call your book How to Love Your Mate? Why your marriage? <laughs> because, you know, there's, I, I think, right, inherently, we all love our mates from the get-go. That's why we got married for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may be generalizing, but right. in general, that's the truth. The thing is, though, that marriage is more than just loving your partner. It's also this environment where love can grow or not. And mm-hmm. so we may love our partner, but if we are not creating a safe space where we are treating each other with respect or um, creating an environment where that love can grow, that there's uh, actually a lot of problems that can grow, even though you love your partner. I mean, look at this, the divorce rates are something like 50 to 60 percent, and that's with people who love their partners. So there's more to it than that, than just loving the other person. So it's a, do you refer to it as a spiritual marriage? I, I, I think all, <laughs> you know, I'm just a little biased. I think everything is a spiritual path, practice, part of our spiritual yeah. path and practice, but most especially relationships. It's actually one of the 10 principles I talk about is that, you know, marriage is a spiritual journey and all relationships are a spiritual journey. And what I find really interesting is to look at, like, what do we qu- call spiritual um, qualities? Mm-hmm. There are things like service, devotion, compassion, forgiveness, you know, those kinds of things that we look at um, as spiritual but when you look at those 
qualities, you really have to be in relationship to practice them. I can't practice compassion without someone to be compassionate mm-hmm. with or for. Yeah. I can't practice forgiveness mm-hmm. without a partner. You know, it doesn't have to be a marriage partner, but without somebody in my life to be forgiving of, mm-hmm. well, you know, that kind of a thing. So it, it's really when we start narrowing down what are spiritual qualities, you know, other people are really here to help us m- master those qualities. So is this book primarily focused on, on people who are already in a, in a marriage and in that type of relationship? It is relationship. because, you know, look at the title, How to Love Your Marriage. I mean, my publishers really wanted it niched yeah. toward marriage, marriage yeah. to deal with the marriage issue that's going on in this country, which is just rampantly bad. And we talk about the divorce The rate, divorce rate. Which is, is it over 50 percent? It now? is actually over 50 percent. I wish I'd brought the statistics, but they're projecting that like something like by 2012, it's going to be like 85%. I mean, it's just horrible, horrible projections of the curve that we're on. And, you know, I mean, it's just really sad. So the book is written specifically for married people. However, I am often doing workshops where I say, okay, so if you're in any relationship or you want to be in any relationship, put a cover on the book. (laughs) Because it's a little embarrassing if you're single to be reading about how to love your marriage. (laughs) The material, it doesn't have to be marriage. It could be your relationship with your boss. It could be relationship with yourself. There's a huge section on self-esteem, your relationship with your coworkers. The material applies to any relationship. How long have you been married? I've been married 15 years. So I'm about, as listeners know, I'm, a, I'm engaged to be married in September. Oh, we picked a date exciting. finally, Molly Congratulations. And, I. and so what a first time for me, uh, second time for her. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to us, to, to people who are about to, you know, get married. Read the book. Read the book. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll kidding. be back after. Uh, no, what, what? 200 pages from now, we'll talk again. Yeah. No, um, you know, I think there's some, some principles in the beginning of the book, that 10 relationship principles that I think are extremely useful for people. And some of those, and I don't, I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm not going to quote it exactly, mm-hmm. but the number one is to remember that ego is always what blocks love. Mm. It's always the thing that blocks love in our relationships Mm -hmm. always and people go what do you mean how does that work but ego is the thing that gets possessive ego is the thing that gets judgmental Mm -hmm. and critical ego is the part of us that wants to be right Mm -hmm. even more than we want a happy relationship Mm -hmm. and so what i'm always talking to people about right more than i want to right yeah i mean that's just insane but it's true Mm -hmm. we want to be right more than we care about the quality of our relationship and that like I talked about earlier the environment or the container for that relationship when it's full of ego needs it gets really messy and so I talk to people a lot about like if I were just to give you advice is to remember to be Mm self-observant that means notice what you're thinking what you're feeling and keep in mind as you're watching how you're showing up in that way what you really want in this relationship because what we often do is we we want a loving passionate relationship Mm -hmm. but we do say and think things that are not in alignment with having a loving relationship Mm -hmm. if i roll my eyes at you in disgust you're not going to feel loving and passionate with me and i am not even using words i'm just Mm -hmm. giving you this you know that look and and people do that all the time in relationship so uh, you know i would say keep your eye on the goal Mm -hmm. and then at the same time as keeping your eye on the goal be aware in the moment of what you're doing saying and thinking and come from the heart instead of your ego. Check the ego at the door. We have a caller um, okay. to, to uh, join us. Hi, you're on the air in Conversations with Friends with James Jacobson and Eve Hogan. Hi there. I don't know how germane to the conversation this is, but I just tuned in, and I uh, what kind of brought it to mind was uh, our guest there mentioned that she'd been married 15 years, and uh, I've been married 15 years, too. And I flashed on uh, what I thought was the secret to making it that far. I know it's not really too far compared to some people that have been married 50 plus years but uh most people do get divorced and uh rather rapidly in their marriage but uh one of the things that we did um when we first got together before we even decided to get married was that we found a couples counselor Mm -hmm. and we actually went to a couple of sessions when we were just getting together and just started dating and he asked us, why are you here? And, I, and we pretty much said, well, we kind of like each other, and we just want to get off on the right foot. And we want to have a place to go in, in the future if we ever have any problems, because it's pretty hard that when you're mired in the mess of a, a nasty relationship to, to have the wherewithal to find a place to go, to find a counselor that you're comfortable with, 
and uh, this was so easy that uh, periodically throughout our marriage, you know, we've had we've got stuck on issues, and really, what it really is is a uh, can't figure out a way to talk about it, get your feelings validated, and but we always had this guy to go to, and you know, it was so easy to do that. It's like, oh, we're stuck again. We better go see him, and. Uh, Boy, I tell you, it has it makes, really been the secret, it made a secret to our success. And then he really, you know, taught us how to do that for ourselves. And we can do it now where we can just turn off the anger, turn off the, you know, we can just go, whoa, what are we doing here? This is this is not working. What, what do we need to do differently? I'm, I'm sorry for my part in this, and uh, let's see if we can work it out. Well, the tools that's, are that's great. That's really the secret to our relationship. Well, that's we're, brilliant. We're, we're ready for another 15. So. Thank you so much for sharing that because you bring up a couple really, really good issues and one of them being, you know, plan ahead. <laughs> That's why I was telling James, you know, go ahead and read the book now before you're married, before you need it. Right. Because if you wait until you're in the middle of a problem to start learning the skills and tools you need, it's often very difficult to, you know, start applying them right in the middle of a problem. And getting those tools is so key. Next week on this program, we're going to be speaking for the full hour with John and Natalie Tyler who have mm-hmm. this uh, pairs counseling And I've taken their workshop. It's a wonderful workshop that we're offering at Unity uh, shortly after, probably the following weekend, right before Valentine's Day. And it's great because it gives you a vocabulary and exercises that you can do. So when you come across troubled times in any relationship, you have a common ground to move from. And that's great. And also this Sunday, uh, the 4th of February at 1 o'clock, I'm doing a workshop at the Sacred Garden called Let's Talk About Love. And this uh, is not, you're welcome to bring partners if you are in a partnership, but it'll also be helping you if you're single or if you are in a relationship where your partner is unlikely to join you in a class. Because what I've found is a lot of times someone goes, well, I want to learn the new skills and tools, but how do I get him or her to do it? And he won't come or she won't come. And, you know. So if just one of you makes the Just one can make make an amazing difference in a relationship. We're speaking with Eve Hogan. We're going to take a break. Uh, You're listening to Conversations with Friends. We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. Thanks for being with us today. We are speaking with Eve Hogan, who is the author of How to Love Your Marriage, and also your previous book, um, is related to what, what the last caller was talking about. Right. Intellectual Foreplay, Questions for Lovers and Lovers-to-Be was my first book uh, in the relationship domain. Mm-hmm. And um, what I loved about what he was doing in terms of going for pre-marriage counseling, which is really saying, you know, wow, we really want to make this work. We want, li- really want to take this seriously. What do we need to know ahead of time, which is great. Mm-hmm. Intellectual Foreplay was written for that same purpose because I met my husband when I was here on Maui on vacation. And then we had five months of long-distance phone calls to make between. It was before the internet. Uh, And so we went, wow, you know, we really like each other, just like this this guy had said. We really like each other, but we want to make sure we're making the right choice. So we started asking each other questions, and then we asked other people, what do you need to know before you get seriously involved? And started writing down the questions people gave us. And and soon intellectual foreplay was born, which is full of questions to explore with a partner or potential partner, both to deepen your communication and uh, get a better sense of values clarification, like who am I, what do I want, who, who is this other person? What do they want? And to see whether you really have a strong foundation to grow a relationship from. So while it was written for people who, like you, are, are about to make the next step of right. getting married, uh, just to you know to really ground that in a common understanding and agreement ahead of time. And it would be a great tool for all those people who are using the Internet to meet yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. To, to talk about something other than like, oh, the weather. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect for online dating. And actually my other book called mm-hmm. Virtual Foreplay, Making Your Online relationship a real life success mm-hmm. it works hand in hand with uh, intellectual foreplay 
if you're working on the internet. That's awesome. To help so, people make conscious choices. So how, it sounds like you're very busy these days. Yeah. You got all these things <laughs> going on. What do you, what, what, what's your pet project? Um, the Sacred Garden is really my pet project right now because it's really the newest thing. It's like, I don't know if you've seen the labyrinth, but when you walk the labyrinth, you come to these 180 degree turns. And for me, the whole thing of doing the Sacred Garden is a 180 degree turn. A year ago, I did not foresee doing this. And we just bought this property that happened to have this greenhouse and, you know, slowly but surely the vision has just unfolded. And um, and I, ironically, James, I, I was doing a workshop on vision work last week and I was talking to people about how this, you know, about visions I had set and, and visual affirmations I had drawn years ago. And when I went back and looked in my journal from, from many years ago, I had described this place exactly. I had drawn pictures of a vision where I had a space to do workshops, where I had, you know, was able to do healing work, which I'm doing more of hands-on energy work while I'm doing private coaching with people, mm-hmm. where I had a center where people could come and open their hearts and meditate. And I didn't even really realize that I had made such a clear statement of vision. So that's how the power of attraction it's just like, works. It's just you know? like in the secret. Exactly. It's exactly like that, where they go, wow, I was living in the house that I had picked out, you know. Yeah. It's exactly like that, where I had really drawn a picture of this vision and then pretty much dismissed it, which is amazing because you'd think you'd have to keep fueling it. Mm-hmm. But really, once you set it in stone and you put it out into the world, you know, the world goes to work to manifest it for you. I, I was uh, I, I was telling you that we have this incredibly beautiful Buddha within the garden, and it was really funny because I was driving. It was pouring rain. Remember last March when we had all that oh rain? Gosh, yes. It was just insane, yeah. or April, I guess it was. And I was driving down Haleakala Highway thinking, you know what I need in the greenhouse is a giant Buddha. <laughs> and um, my sister was with me, and she goes, yeah, that would be really cool. And I said, but I have no idea where to get one. Where do you get a giant Buddha on Maui? Especially on Maui. You know, where am I going to get a giant Buddha? And if I fly to overseas, i got to go t- t- cruise around another country and look for it find it then ship it back that's Mm going to be time consuming or if i give money to friends who are um importers i'm going to have to hope that they get one that's got a sweet presence because they don't they're not all created equal and we get down to the bottom of haleakala and we look over and wow it's raining in kihei too which is where we were headed well let's just stop in kahului at the store you know stop at the bamboo store and see if we can find some trim for the greenhouse Uh we pull up in front of the bamboo store it's sunday morning it's closed well finders keepers is open let's look at furniture till the weather clears and we walked into finders keepers and here was this absolutely stunning, beautiful Buddha. I mean, we literally went from the "I need a Buddha" to the Buddha within fifteen, 15 minutes. minutes. It was amazing, and it was all. It was almost like the world is conspiring to bring you to that place, the, the weather-wise, world. and exactly everything. Yeah. the world conspired without doubt. I yeah. mean, it was almost indisputable. So yeah. it's very cool. So it's it's amazing, and that's just from being in the vibe, in sync, and just letting it flow. Right. And so that happens with relationships. That happens with 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 Buddha. That's right. And like I said earlier, and I think it happened so quickly because the vision and the request, Mm -hmm. which I clearly stated out loud, was the highest good of everyone involved because apparently there had been somebody else who was negotiating for this Buddha also. (laughs) And um, I believe he wanted to put it in the foyer of his nice big home. Which is nice. Everybody loves to have a big Buddha in their house. But this, where he is now, he gets to be visited by anyone who mm. needs that presence. And so I felt that it was really in the highest good of all involved mm. on the island and and visitors to the island for this Buddha to end up in the Sacred Garden. And so, so how do people find out more about the Sacred Garden? Well, you can go on to my website, okay. either evehogan.com or sacredgardenmaui.com. They mm-hmm. go to the same place but different pages, mm-hmm. so either one. Or you can come by and visit. We're open Tuesday through Sunday, 10 to 5, and uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. There's no entrance fee. I get that question all the time. Well, how much does it cost to come <laughs> in? It's, you know, it's really... Um, there in the in the spirit of, of uh, an offering to the yeah. community as well. So and you're like one of the world's foremost experts on labyrinths. So this <laughs> labyrinth, I'm looking. For, aren't you? I, well, I suppose that may be one. I'm a blushing. Radio, yeah, yes. <laughs> never thought of that. Yes. But yeah, I suppose I'm I'm up there. You're, you're up there, and so uh, it's an opportunity to. Uh, do a labyrinth there, which is fantastic. I mentioned to you, uh, Molly and I sometimes go all the way over to Kapalua right. and do the labyrinth way out there, which is a gorgeous thing. It over is by gorgeous. The Ritz uh, and then there's one at the, in a church parking lot up country. Up at St. John's Church in the parking lot. And yeah. That one's open 24-7, which is nice. And, and the Ritz, the one underneath the Ritz-Carlton is mm-hmm. there, and that's just a beautiful labyrinth. So that's built into the coral and the shells. And right. Everything. And there's, there's actually one in Lahaina at the Maria Lani Kila um, Church and School. But it, because it's a school, it's you have to wait till the kids are out yeah. to come. And I think you may need to check in at the office, but it is there and available. And it's just such a great ex- – it's just such a great way to – 
to have a walking meditation. Exactly. And, uh, and then we, you were saying before we went on the air that your dogs, the, the <laughs> resident experts who helped bring you to this show That's today, right. <laughs> uh, actually walk the labyrinth with, they do. with you, which I think is hilarious because they're – you know, if you've seen the labyrinth, there are no there are lines, but you have to walk within them and back and forth. Well, they don't actually walk, you know, like like <laughs> they, don't do it, the, they don't do the path the way <laughs> that we all do it. But what they do, which is hysterical, is because it's the labyrinth. For those who don't know, is not a maze. There are no dead ends and no tricks. It's just one path that leads into the center, mm-hmm. and the same path leads you back out. And it's in the form of a mandala or a circle, um, with the center being the destination point. But the labyrinth has like twenty eight hundred and eighty degree turns, so you're actually it's very circular. And mm-hmm. you're, you're going around this whole circle back and forth. And my dogs will literally walk one way. And then when I turn, they turn wherever they are on the labyrinth. They turn and they walk the other way. And they, they really follow me through the whole process. And when they get tired of that, they go sit in the center, which is just so perfect because that's the sacred destination. And they wait for me there. You know, so it's, it's fun. We jokingly, uh, you know, say, oh, there's, there's God spelled backwards in the center of the labyrinth. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Eve Hogan, thanks for being with us today. Uh, folks who want to find out more, go to evehogan.com. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's been awesome Thank to have you, you on the so show. Much. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, John Gray, the best-selling author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and one of the people in the movie, The Secret. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson, and Mary Omwake is on island but in meetings at, with the Association of Global New Thoughts. So I'm doing the show by myself today. We're talking about love. I thought those were such great comments that Eve Hogan was sharing with us. And... Um, our next guest is uh, John Gray, who is the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. We'll talk to him in a moment. But first, I wanted to thank one of the sponsors who makes Conversations with Friends possible, and that is the magazine Real Estate Maui Style. You can pick up the publication all over the island, and uh, Myrna Stone and the folks over at Real Estate Maui Style make Conversations with Friends possible because they believe in the content which is so unusual, not only the content of our radio program, but the content of having a magazine packed with information, not just ads. Um, the cover of this current issue, the January 2007 issue, features a big whale. And you'll find out more about that and the who's who of Maui real estate when you pick up real estate Maui style. Now joining us from, I don't know, I think from California, Hello. is John Gray. Hi, John. Hi. How are you? It's James Jacobson. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, James. Uh, we saw you, I guess, in Maui a few weeks ago at Christmas. So you, I know you're a regular here. Yeah, I love Maui. So uh, everyone's very excited because, uh, you know, the secret is just getting more and more play. Uh, it's getting a lot of publicity. And um, Oprah is going to be doing an episode. I know they're taping tomorrow with some of the folks from The Secret, including Rhonda Byrne. How did you get involved with it? Well, is it first of all? Is it taping tomorrow? Or is it going to air tomorrow? Well, it, they're taping tomorrow, and they thought it was going to air tomorrow, but it's not going to air probably until next week. Do we have a date on that? We do not. They do not. Oh, okay. They haven't. They haven't indicated. But uh, you know, as you know, as someone who's been on Oprah, those producers hold things pretty close to the vest. Yes. So we don't know exactly. They thought originally that it was going to be uh, taped and broadcast live in one of the rare shows that she does. She doesn't do that a lot. But um, the news that we heard this morning is that it's not going to be broadcast tomorrow, but soon. Okay. But how did you get involved with it? Well, I'm a member of the Transformator, Transformational Leaders uh, Group, uh, TLC. Which is, that's the thing that Jack Canfield put together? That's right. Yeah. What, tell us about that. Well, we're, you know, different seminar leaders, and we all meet together twice a year just to network and support each other and kind of showcase our new stuff. So we're all updated with what everybody's doing. You know, we, we rarely have time to take seminars because we're teaching them all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
So we really get to spend four or five days together uh, hearing, you know, it's like a big, long seminar. We get to hear what everybody's doing. We bring in new speakers and so forth to be charged up with all the latest ideas. And so Rhonda contacted them, and I actually wasn't at that particular meeting, but then they came out to San Francisco, and they did a taping with me here as well with a few other speakers. Mm. But most of the people in that show are actually in the TLC group. That's amazing. And, and you know, that movie has just touched a nerve. I mean, we were speaking with Eve Hogan uh, in our first half hour, and she was saying, you know, to people who've been practicing and doing this for a long time, the law of attraction is, you know, kind of old hat. But what is so powerful about the movie is that it has touched a nerve so that people who are, are not really introduced to this really are getting it. It's very exciting. You know, I hear people, they just listen to it in the morning, they listen to it at night, they they hear it over and over, and it's it's just such a a foundational way of creating your life. It's the principle of success that my mother taught me and I've lived my life by. But it's so contrary to everything that everybody's taught in the world. And so it's so important to listen to it again and again, and it sinks in, and it feels really natural. It feels really good. And then it drops away, and so it feels so good to keep coming back to it because so much of everything in our society is based upon the fear of scarcity mm-hmm. and urgency, and I have to do this, and I have to do this to get ahead, as opposed to recognizing the universe is there to support us. We just have to be happy enough and positive enough to allow it in and to not fret and to not worry so much, and yet at the same time stay focused on what our intentions are, not that we're just sitting and waiting, but we have our intentions, and listening to our heart to take action but it's not necessarily that our action is going to create everything coming to us. The most powerful thing is that this huge universe with contacts and connections and ideas and feelings, all that comes to us as long as we stay open to it. And for many people, it's the opposite. In one of my seminars, I do an example where people push a car up a hill. And at the end, we talk about what they learn from that. You know, <laughs> they, they compete and they recognize it. You know, they get in teams, and everybody took what was best for them. And then they all realized that the key was in the car the whole time, and they never had to struggle or push it. <laughs> and if we can realize that the key is always in the car, and that we, our job in this universe is just to start the car up and point it and push on the accelerator, and the car will take us. Uh, the universe is here to take us to make our dreams come true, but we have to be open to receiving it. And every time that we're struggling in our life, it's when we've forgotten that it's all being done for us. John, how do you apply the law of attraction specifically to relationships? Well, in relationships, it works like this, which is we start out in relationships, and usually the law of attraction is working because we found somebody that we're in love with. And then we start thinking, okay, I love this person so much, I'm going to give to them and do things for them. And then we start doing things for them, and we start to think that doing makes me entitled to receiving. And when we stop receiving, instead of taking responsibility for coming back to our positive attitude and openness and gratitude for what we have, what we end up doing is feeling resentful uh, that, look, I've done this and I've done this and I'm not getting this back. And as soon as we get into the realm of complaining and resenting and focusing on what we're not getting, then that resistance just brings in more of that. And we can literally prevent our partners from allowing their best side to come forward. Uh, you know, we have the power to bring out the best in someone, and we have the power to block it and not bring out the best in someone. And that's up to us, and that's taking complete responsibility for our lives. And that's what the secret's all about, is in life, we have the responsibility and we have the power to bring and attract into our lives what we need. In the same way, we have the power to attract or draw out of our partner the, the very things that we were able to do in the beginning. But when we focus on what we're not getting, what we don't have, what we don't like, then what occurs is we get more of that. You get more and, of that. And then we're not able to see all that we are getting. It's just common sense that everyone knows when somebody appreciates you for doing something, you naturally want to do more for that person. It's just an automatic thing. Well, in the beginning, women are very appreciative, and then when they start giving and giving, this being very common on Venus, uh, they tend to overgive, 
and then feel like, well, look what I'm not getting. And when they stop appreciating what they are getting, and instead of focus on what they're not getting, they tend to disempower the male they're with. Now, with men, it's a little bit different. Where there's, To me, there's two aspects of the secret. One is you have to have intention, which is you have to remember what's important to you and stay on track. And the other side of it is the yin side of it. The yang side of it is you've got to steer the boat. You've got to point the direction. You've got to say to the universe, this is where I want to go. And then you've got to be open to receiving it. And that's by having a positive uh, attitude, free of fear, full of appreciation and joy and happiness. Those positive feelings help to attract things into our life. And for people that don't want to look at it so esoterically, it's just simply when you're looking, when you're feeling good, you naturally see all the support which is there. And if you're feeling gloomy, you just focus on the places where there's not support. So naturally, you're not going to be as successful. What happens in relationships with men is their tendency is they can somehow maintain a positive attitude. They're much more open to receiving, it seems, in relationships, at least in the earlier stages. Mm -hmm. But what they do is they forget their intention. They think, and this is a mistake that we make as men, that all we have to do to make a woman happy is to provide for her. And we forget the things that we did in the beginning that made her happy, which is we focused on communicating to her that she's important to us and that we love her and we did lots of little things to show that. And then later on, we stopped that and focused just on the big things, like being a good provider or something, and think that that's enough. So what we want to do is we want to stay as men, stay focused on what is our intention and realize you know, that our intention is to provide for her nurturing support as well as be a good provider of finances, so to speak, or security. We also want to provide a kind of emotional support and if we can have that intention, and then that will tend to draw out the best in her. John, you were saying that from a male perspective, there's this balance between yin and yang, how, that you can actually apply the law of secret to, 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 to balance that out. How, what, what would you recommend? How do people do that? Well, the whole principle of the secret can be explained in terms of yin and yang, male and female, is that the masculine side of us is the part of us that points. You have to point the direction. You have to know what you want. You have to ask what you want. That's another aspect of the secret, which is, okay, what is it that I want? You don't have to know everything about what you want, but you need to keep imagining and looking at, okay, what would be the best outcome of this situation? Like as a marriage counselor, so much I say to my clients, I say, okay, what's the best outcome? You know, let's just imagine that anything could happen. We could wave a magic wand and everything would be wonderful. What would be the outcome that you would like here? And even if it's not practical, let's look at that. Now let's look at how, you know, where it could be moving in that direction or what's more practical about that. Let's become more familiar with what that outcome would look like. How would you feel if that really happened? And now you're starting to build and make it more real as if it is a possibility. And, you know, if it's totally impossible, then you work around and find what seems close to that that does feel good like that and can because you do this can you do this by yourself or you do, can do this by you yourself have... and that's many of the practices that are taught in the secret mm-hmm. many of the teachers in the secret will teach exercises similar to an exercise i teach as well in my book uh, which is called how to get what you want and what what you have which is why i describe the basic principles of the law of attraction and the power of intention and how our thoughts create our reality and the simple exercise is where you You envision the way you want your day or the way you want a situation to work out. You look at the the opportunities that are out there, and then you think, what's the best possible outcome? What is it that I would like? What's my preference? What is it that I want? What would feel really good to me? What is it that's important to me? So you're focusing on what you want. That's the, 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 the... the yang side of it okay mm-hmm. this is the goal i'm making this happen by yes, creating yes. it in and your head and then you start to use your imagination and you ask yourself okay let's imagine that i've achieved that goal or that i'm very close to achieving that goal how does it feel now we're going over to the yin or the feminine side of our being which is imagining how it feels oh it feels so good uh, what makes you happy well i'm happy because i have this and i'm happy because i'm doing this and it feels really good. I, I'm uh, envisioning, you know, this experience that I want to create for myself and stepping into it. Now, why am I doing that? It's all in the imaginary space. But what I'm doing is 
feeling and making it real. Feelings attract things to us. Feelings are the foundation of the law of attraction, positive feeling. When we're not having positive feelings, uh, often it's because there's some anxiety, and we're actually imagining the worst. Mm. This happens a lot subconsciously, but that's typically what people do, is they, they imagine the worst, and then because they don't want to go there and feel that, then they go numb. And one of the ways they go numb is by just saying, it's not that important to me, or if it's God's will, it will happen, or I'm a loser and those <laughs> things don't happen for me, or another one is, well, I'm really quite content with my life the way it is now. I appreciate everything I have. That's more the positive way of it. But while that's a good, positive attitude, I appreciate everything I have now. I don't need anything more. Uh, then you don't, you're not going to attract anything more. So, I mean, life is about movement towards more and more. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, if you're happy with everything you have, then start thinking for others and set goals and then imagine achieving them, how good that would feel, and see other people feeling good. And then bring your awareness back in the present time and be grateful for everything that you have right now in your life which supports you in this process of achieving that goal. And then I end that process. First I say, what makes me happy in the future? What am I confident about? And then I bring myself back in the present time and think about what I'm grateful for right now, which is the foundation of getting to that goal, and then I finish with a little phrase, which is, right now in my life, I'm in the process of. Uh, I'm moving closer to this goal. I'm getting this deal. I'm having this happen. I'm making this connection. I'm uh, creating better ways for my wife to connect with me and so forth. So whatever your goals are, right now I'm in the process of achieving that goal. That then becomes a way of coming back in the present time and completing the exercise. Because truly, excitement and enthusiasm and positivity and passion are the symptoms that the law of attraction is working for you. Because your belief system in that moment, when you're excited and you're enthusiastic, you're believing that you are right now in the process of getting to your goal. And you are. That's all you have to do is be in that state of passion and excitement and enthusiasm and what makes you feel good. And now you are acting from that resonant, acting from a place that resonates with the belief that this is going to happen, it is happening, and it is happening. Do you subscribe, with, do you subscribe to the, uh, what we'll call the fake it until you make it philosophy? In other words, if it's really hard to muster that, you just, you just put it on as if, you're, as if you're playing a role, and then you begin to feel it. Yeah, I think that there's a place for fake it until you make it. Uh, I, I don't go as far as some people with that one, because I see if I'm having to fake, uh, fake it, then, all right, what are my authentic feelings beneath it? Mm. And then that's where I go into processing. And uh, some people in the secret don't go there, others do. Uh, in my own success in my own life, I know the foundation of my success is that I choose my thoughts, and when I have to feel like I'm faking it, meaning it's hard to be positive, then I look at why is it hard to be positive? What's blocking my positivity? And it's usually some insecurity, some regret, some sadness, some frustration, some disappointment, some anxiety, some worry that I have to literally dig out of my unconscious. And I don't dwell on it for a long time, but I look at it to, to in a sense, shine a light on it and challenge it. And so I wrote a book over 20 years ago, uh, which is the foundation of my success with Men Are From Mars. And it is called What You Feel, You Can Heal. And part of that is... You know, it's all about being positive in our thinking and our thoughts create our reality. But it's also about if we're, if we're not looking at our unresolved feelings, either from childhood or things that are going on in our life that we're not happy about, if we don't look at that and release that, then we tend to suppress it. And if it's suppressed, then these are negative emotions that live within us, and they also are attracting those events into our lives that would resonate with those negative emotions. So if I put on a new tie and there's a part of me that's afraid that I'm going to spill something on it, you better believe I'm going to spill something <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the new suit phenomena, you know, you, or new car phenomena, is that you have so much <laughs> fear of getting in a little dent, you get a dent. You just attract that right in. So does it mean you should be afraid of fear? No, it just means if you have fears and insecurities, shine the light on them. Just say, okay, what am I afraid of right now? And recognize that's only a part of me. And then, after looking at it, then let it go. And, and you, there's a process of letting it go by just 
feeling it, expressing it to yourself in a meditation or in therapy or in a process with someone, and then it will release, and then you'll feel enormous gratitude and optimism. And that's sort of where, the, when therapy works, that's what it's doing. Sometimes it dwells too much on the negativity as opposed to recognizing that looking at negative emotions serves the point of only pointing out to us that we're off track in our thinking. Let's look at where we got off track, notice it and release it, and come back to positive feelings again. What's the, what's the most uh, practical form of releasing that, that you've experienced with your clients and your students? Well, the most practical technique to release negativity, when negative emotions come up, and it may be for some people it doesn't even come up, but what you find is that there's a numbness that settles into your life. You're a positive person, but you're kind of feeling numb, or you're a positive person and you're not manifesting your dreams. Uh, it's because generally something is underneath the surface, it's kind of like an iceberg. You only see what's on the surface, but there's layers of feelings and unresolved feelings from the past that just didn't get the nurturing they needed to be released. And by releasing means, let's say I'm a little child and I some kids make fun of me, I just need to go to my mother and say, you know, the kids are making fun of me, and she can just listen to me for a few minutes and give me a hug and say, oh, sweetie, you're wonderful. You'll be fine. And that's resolved. But how many times did we have these little wounds and unresolved issues, and we didn't have a parent who could understand us and support us? So in a sense, we become that parent to ourselves simply by listening to what's inside. This is the miracle of the body and the, the body-mind-emotional connection is all we have to do is feel it, mm-hmm. understand it in a neutral, loving perspective the way a parent, a loving parent would, and those negative emotions will resolve themselves automatically. So I suggest when something's bothering you or if you're numb or if you're not getting what you want, then give yourself permission to be negative for 20 minutes or 10 minutes and simply write out in a journal if you were a negative person or if you were angry or if you gave yourself permission to be angry and say what you don't like, just write a letter to God, to the universe, or to somebody you're upset with or could be upset with if you were a negative person, put it in quotes, and then write them a letter and take a couple of minutes to write about what you don't like or what you're angry about. That typically is on the surface of the iceberg. Then you go a little deeper and you feel what you feel sad and hurt or disappointed about. Then you go a little deeper after two or three minutes and write out what you're afraid of or what you're scared of. And there you get very vulnerable. And a lot of the things you might feel inside may make no sense to you, like you might feel, I'm afraid no one's going to like me. Well, of course people like me, but it's a feeling, and it's a very real feeling deep inside. I'm afraid uh, I won't be good enough. I'm afraid I'll fail. I'm afraid I can't trust myself. Well, when you, when you find these thoughts emerging inside, don't discount them just because they're not real or true. They're real feelings and beliefs that are hidden in there. Just write out the emotion with it, and it will disperse. And then you get down to anything you feel regret about. That's the fourth level. And then you're, you're kind of through the negativity. At this point, you'll feel lighter and feel better or not. <laughs> but what you do to get out of that is you then start out writing out, what would you like, what do you want? And as you start writing out what you like and want, the energy is now moving forward. It's no longer blocked. All negative emotion is a block flow of energy. Writing out what you want releases that energy, what I would like, what I want. It's, a, it's not what I don't like, what I don't want, what I don't need. It's what I do like, what I do need, what I do want. And the energy starts po- flowing. Then you start practicing forgiveness. And you say, I forg- whatever you're angry about, you forgive people for. Uh, whatever you are sad about, you express appreciation for what you do have in your life. And whatever you're f- afraid about, you express feelings of trust. And that's how you end the letter with uh, trust and understanding. So you have forgiveness, you have appreciation, you have love, trust, understanding. These are positive emotions that will then well up after you've taken a few minutes to dwell on the negative emotions shine the light on it, release it by letting it go and replacing it with these positive feelings. And it literally is like uh, that it just pulls in this positive feeling and literally pulls in. That's how it activates the law of attraction is positive, strong, positive feelings. And this will help you get to them every time. So if you go through this process, how uh, is it something that you recommend doing whenever you need to let go of something? Or is it something that you, that you need to repeat? Or if you do it once, it's, it's pretty, as we say here in Hawaii, pow. Well, doing it once is life transformational for mm-hmm. people if they find themselves in a place where they're really stuck and upset. But this is something I did for seven years 
before my big success with Men Are From Mars. Mm. Uh, you see, part of the law of attraction and the understanding that goes with it is that we can only receive into our being as much as we can receive. And, and literally, all people just can't imagine it, but some part of them resists receiving more success. And I remember, you know, back when, and I think it was about 1996, around the time uh, Minute from Mars had been a bestseller, number one, for over two, two years on the charts, and it went on for seven years, but it's still a bestseller around the world as well. But it, You're the best-selling been, relationship author of all time. Yeah, yeah, and in the last decade, the biggest-selling book of the last decade. Wow. This is including, you know, all the Grisham books or... And it was just till Harry Potter outsold it. I mean, it's an amazing phenomena. But my experience of that was there was so much energy coming to me, I couldn't sleep at night. And at a certain point, my wife couldn't even come into the bedroom. There was so much energy. Mm. It would just wake us up in the night. There were 50,000 people a week buying that book for years. And if you think about what that is, that's like a whole stadium of people <laughs> <laughs> buying the book and reading it, thinking, wow, this is great. And then next week, another stadium of people buying it. And... That is literally energy. It's my greatest dream, and I had dreamed it, I had envisioned it, I had wanted it, and now it was coming. And I could, you know, uh, I could hear my angel saying to me, "Is it enough? Is it enough?" I said, "No, no, I can take more." And I still remember when I said, "Okay, it's enough." And literally, it was just right after that that the sales started to diminish somewhat wow. and start to calm down because it was such a roller coaster ride of just so much energy that was coming at me and you have to be prepared for that and so that process that we we only got a couple minutes left in that process you you just discussed that whole letter writing uh campaign that's what you attribute the success i feel that was the foundation that allowed me to receive that Mm -hmm. much energy and i continued doing it during that time i don't do it that much now i'm pretty you know pretty uh, smooth all the time now but i feel like i'm you know a foundation for a new level that will come but in my, in my 30s, I was really uh, going through a whole process, which I felt was the dark night of the soul, which was really cleansing and purging my subconscious mind of all these unresolved issues so that I could really keep letting in more and more love, more and more love, and I could attract that much attention to a book. That's powerful. John, we're um, coming up on Valentine's Day soon. Uh, what, what are your thoughts in general about Valentine's Day? Well, I, I love Valentine's Day. I think it's a good thing to help us men remember that we have a job to do besides at work and part of that job part of our commitment is to create romance in our relationships and if it wasn't for valentine's day i mean if it wasn't for women we wouldn't have valentine's day (laughs) and men kind of think well every day is a special day and but that's not true every day is just every day and creating special occasions is something that really nurtures the female spirit see men wouldn't think of it it's something that nurtures the female special occasions make a woman feel special, create special memories, and that stimulates a hormone called oxytocin. And men like oxytocin. It's a feel-good hormone. We like special occasions. But the difference between men and women is that oxytocin for a woman literally lowers her stress levels, and it doesn't lower stress levels in a man. John Gray, thank you so much for being with us. This is fascinating. We'll have you back on again. We'll talk about some other things. And uh, when are you coming back to Maui? Oh, I don't know, but it's twice next year, I'm, this year, I'm sure. Thank we'll, you so much, and I'll, we look forward to coming. Take care, John. There was John Gray, author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and lots of other books. I'm James Jacobson. Thank you so much for being with us on Conversations with Friends. See you next week. <laughs>